everyone, I'm Monica and welcome back to another MCAT Master Interview. In this series, we basically just talk with MCAT top scorers so that we can find out what strategies are helping them the most in their process and hopefully inspire you as you're studying too. Just because you're struggling with the MCAT now doesn't mean you can't improve. So we want to show you how top scorers are increasing their scores so that you can potentially do the same. And with that, I'd like to introduce you all to Samantha Main. Sammy, welcome to the series and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, we're so excited to hear from you. Before we do, I'm just going to give our listeners a little bit of background on you. So Samantha began studying for the MCAT almost eight months before her test date, with full dedication really in the last two to three months. But by her test date, she still wasn't feeling ready. She even pushed the MCAT back two weeks, but still ended up scoring a 499 on her first attempt. She was far into applications and knew she had to do better to get accepted, so she decided to shoot for another test date just four weeks later, which was also the last test date of the year. In those four weeks, she ended up increasing her score by 12 points to a 511 by her test date, which is awesome. Her story exemplifies the importance of not giving up on yourself and shows that even if you have a short amount of time left, you can definitely still improve. And the way to do so is exactly what Samantha's going to tell us a little bit more about in the interview. So to get into all of that, we're just going to dive into understanding exactly how Samantha studied, what she did to increase her score so quickly, how she scheduled her prep, what strategies she used for each section, and so much more. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. So Sammy, why don't you just start by telling our listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself. Okay, I graduated in May of 2019 from the University of Maryland. I was a kinesiology major. In my first couple of years and throughout high school, I really thought I was going to be a physical therapist. Um, Being involved in athletics and having an injury and going through physical therapy, it was pretty enticing to me. But after, you know, interning and everything, I was kind of like, I don't know if this is right for me. And then, of course, taking pre-med classes in college, I was like, this is what it is. Like, this is my purpose. It's challenging and it's it gives me problems, like problem-solving skills. And then, obviously, I started doing some clinical shadowing and... I was like, I knew from this moment that I wanted to be a physician. Aside from my interest in medicine, I actually played softball at University of Maryland. And so our schedule is quite rigorous. I don't know Mm -hmm. if anybody is familiar with uh, Division I athletics, but I missed about a third to a half of lectures in the spring during season for competition. So yeah, finishing up my GPA wasn't as high as I would have liked, but it was still pretty respectable given, you know, the circumstances and everything else. And then I gave myself a gap year to study and take the MCAT just because with my schedule, I didn't think I would be able to prepare all the way to take it and be successful. And then as I was preparing for the MCAT, I also took a microbio class and became a scribe at the local hospital in the emergency department. For hobbies, I draw and I'm not very good at painting, but I also like photography. And now obviously I'm in the application process and I've been invited to secondary applications for all of the schools I applied to. I applied to 14 allopathic schools. And so now I'm just waiting on interviews very cool wow it sounds like you like to keep yourself busy which is awesome yeah so you finished all your secondary applications I am almost done all of them but I uh, finished most of them so far nice that's always a big hurdle I know like that's a lot of writing right 
Yeah, but, it's day after essay. <laughs> yeah, so it feel good to be done, almost like the MCAT, just like finally done with that portion. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, what inspired you to become a doctor, but I feel like you already answered that, which is great. So let's move on to the MCAT. So you graduated, you know, started this gap year. So that's where you were in your life when you started prepping. But how did you feel about, you know, the MCAT and your starting point and going forward with all of it? Yeah, so when I started, I didn't really have any true guidance. I mean, my parents are always very supportive, very positive, as well as my brother, but no one in my family had done this before. So it wasn't like they could give me any advice or lead me in any type of direction. So I really didn't know where I should start studying. I mean, obviously the MCAT covers a ton of material. And so I kind of reached out to a few of my friends who I knew had taken the MCAT and are now in medical school. And they gave me a couple videos with going through different people's experience and prep materials that they had used. And I kind of used that to set me up for my plan in terms of attacking the MCAT. Very cool. So did you have a score goal when you started that they kind of helped you come up with? Yeah, so I actually conversed with a physician who had taken the MCAT several times and he had taken it under a different, like when the scoring was different. And so he helped me come up with a score. We tried to convert it. I was going for a 522, which obviously when you put that into perspective and start taking diagnostic tests and full lengths, you're like, man, that is, that is a very lofty goal. But I just continued to tell myself, you know, I'd rather aim really high. And if I miss it, I'll still be around the 510 plus area than to aim for 510 and then and miss it and be in the 500s. Yeah, definitely. So you had that goal for the 522 just like throughout your prep. Yeah, and then after I got my first score back and knowing that I only had four weeks, then my like realistic side came out and was like, okay, we're not going to improve by 23 points. I mean, we can shoot for that, but it's probably not, you know, entirely plausible given the circumstances. So I reduced it to aiming for at least a 510, hopefully more than that. And I did the goal sheet and I broke down like what I wanted for each section to get a 510 plus and how many points in each section I would have to improve from my first time. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that makes sense because definitely aim high. Like that is totally what we want students to do. Like you should definitely do that. But you do need to be realistic at the same time. So it's a balance and I feel like you found it and you got above your goal in the end, which is awesome. So that has to feel good above the 510 goal. So in regard to like when you were starting and like you said, your, you know, other friends who were in medical school kind of helped you when you were starting, how or what was your plan for tackling the MCAT? So like, how did you schedule your prep? So originally I had scheduled my exam in May. So I was really only preparing about four and a half months in advance. And of course with COVID, the May exams were canceled Mm -hmm. and it was kind of unclear for a little while you know, when they would be proctored, if they would be proctored, especially with hearing about the GRE and ACT and SATs, you know, becoming optional at several schools. Obviously, I didn't think the MCAT would become optional, but with the way things were working, I was wondering, is it going to be online? You know, like really what's going to happen? But one thing that everyone always said is just be careful with studying how much you study for the MCAT and how far in advance because you don't want to burn out. I was really worried about burning out and very overcautious about it. So I really kind of stepped off the pedal with studying when I found out 
that my test was canceled and then picked back up, obviously, when I registered. And then when I went to take my second exam, I was much more stringent on when I would take full lengths and stuff like that. Like I had a calendar and I really stuck to it the second time, whereas the first time I was a little bit more lenient with myself where, oh, if I felt like I needed a little bit more content review, then I would do that this day and move my full length so that I can accommodate how I feel. But the second time I was like, even if I didn't feel 100% prepared, like I was going to do perfect on the exam, I still took it and then learned from what I did, what my mistakes or the wrong answers that I had. Yeah, for sure. So that kind of brings up another question. So your first time around studying, what was like the balance between content and strategy? And did that change the second time? For sure. The first time was probably like 80% content, 20% strategy. And that 20% came from MCAT mastery towards the end of my studying. I had a lot of people telling me that I should practice, you know, the more questions, the better. And I took that into consideration. And the second time, I definitely did a lot more strategy with the CARS dissections and just the MCAT mastery top score guide in general. I used that, those strategies in there. And I really focused on the questions, answering a lot of practice questions, whether it was a section bank, a full length, or like the flashcards from AAMC. Those really helped me. And, you know, sometimes I would know all the material, especially for like psych social. I felt like really, really confident in all the material. But then when I went to take an exam, the way that they ask questions and you have to apply it is different where it can confuse you. Like I, Mm -hmm. for example, I tended to overthink a lot on questions. And so one of them was about, this was like a practice question. I don't even know if it was AAMC or a different resource, but it asked about a speeding ticket. And I was like, oh man. So speeding ticket, I was thinking, you know, they're taking away money and money is something good. So it's negative punishment. But in reality, I should have just looked at that and been like, oh, positive punishment. You know, when you start applying it, it makes sense as to what they're really getting at and what they're asking. And you learn kind of their their approach to the test and it helps you answer the questions more accurately. Yeah, definitely. The way to answer questions on the MCAT in and of itself is like requires strategy. Like it is not going to ask you like straightforward questions. So I definitely agree with everything you're saying. That's great advice for students, like definitely prioritize practice. So in regard to practice and the materials that you used, you kind of mentioned AMC a little bit. What other materials and resources did you find helpful? I use the Kaplan books for content review. I would say the Kaplan book, out of all of the Kaplan books, the psych social one was very, very helpful because that's a lot of content really. Like I said, obviously application is important, but for me, that book was really crucial to my on the psych social section. I also used Kaplan Question Bank, again, just getting as many questions in as possible. And of course, the MCAT Mastery, that really was the best resource for me. And I wish that I had found it earlier, especially before my first time taking the exam. But out of all the MCAT Mastery materials, the CARS course was so helpful. 
not only the strategy part, but then seeing that applied really with the dissections and being able to pick out what was important in the passage and what was just fluff. And like you said, how the questions tried to trick you or tried to get you to think about something else and understanding that was very helpful. Yeah, awesome. We're glad that you found those resources helpful because that's what we're here for. Yeah, you ended up doing really well in cars. So strategy, that section in particular is really important, but we'll get into that. So moving on to like in general, the exam as you were approaching it, what do you think were your biggest challenges and struggles, I guess, on your entire MCAT journey? And how did you overcome those? So first, kind of my biggest challenge, I guess, was figuring out where to start. I know I've said this before already, but there's literally so much information on the MCAT that it's kind of overwhelming. It's like a final exam for every class you've ever taken in college. But with every full length I had taken, I had improved. So I was very hopeful the first time I took the test. And obviously, when I got my score back, it was not what I wanted or I anticipated. So that was like a crappy feeling, like, was all the studying that I put into it worth it? However, from athletics, I'm super competitive. And even though people recommended taking a quick break, I scheduled my exam, I thought, okay, I have four weeks. And I literally started to study that day that I got my score back, because I knew I needed to improve. And I was really just I knew I was better than what I had scored the first time. And especially listening to these interviews, and everything else. It's like, all right, you're on track. You're fine. You know, go and do it again. And you're going to do just how you know you can. So and like I said, I only had four weeks. And the mindset that I kind of took was it's not really about how much time, but how efficient you are with your time. And I think that was a big difference. Like before I had spent a lot of hours studying. The second time I kind of varied my schedule. And I just made sure that I was fully focused the whole time. And I think that paid off. Yeah, I think I time efficiency is so important. And I feel like that's kind of slept on in a lot of cases. Are you saying like maybe instead of, you know, studying five days a week and wasting some time, you were kind of studying in more specified like amounts of time and like really maximizing it? Yeah. So as a student athlete, I mean, our schedule was busy as crap. And I was, I mean, we probably practiced. I know NCAA regulation is about 20 hours a week, but with meetings, and, you know, treatment, like making sure we're not injured and everything else. We were about probably 40 hours a week, plus you add in all your classes. And then I had extracurriculars, like community service and stuff that I was involved in. So when you put that together, it's like you have to be efficient with your time. And when COVID happened, they shut down scribing in the emergency department. And so it was like I had too much time on my hands, really, is kind of how I felt. I know that sounds weird to some people, But when I break down my schedule and I'm like, okay, I have to get this done in this amount of time, I'm much more efficient. And I think that helped the second time through. So to answer your question, I studied every day still, but I didn't study for extended period of times. Like I'd wake up, you know, eat breakfast, maybe study for two hours and then I'd work out or I'd find something else to do. And then I'd study for another two hours and then break. And so it was very segmented and and I would have like a sheet of what I wanted to get done that day. And I would make sure that I got that stuff done instead of saying, oh, well, I have plenty of time tomorrow. I can just, you know, wait until tomorrow to do this because I feel like I need more time for this content or something like that. And I really stuck to my schedule the second time around, which I think made
made me a lot more efficient with my time, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I feel like that kind of relates to your like your schedule when you were in school too. So do you feel like, you know, being involved in sports and all that you were doing, like that definitely seems to have helped like your discipline and all of that and efficiency. Do you think it also might have like contributed to like your mindset in approaching the exam? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was a pitcher too. So it's like whenever anybody would get like a huge hit off of me, the next time they came up, it's like, I'm not going to pitch around them, right? I'm going to go after them and attack. And I think that competitive spirit and that determination that I learned from my participation in sport really helped along with the MCAT mastery emails and just taking that attitude like, you know what, I can do it. We're all humans here trying to take this MCAT and maybe someone had a different major than me or maybe they had more time to study, but it's the same test for everyone. It's a level playing field just as, you know, when I'm playing a game of softball, we play the same way. Every person that I've ever played in softball plays with the same rules. So I think that gave me an edge in that I didn't give up and I didn't take failure as failure or as an insult to my ability. Instead, I just took it as I'm better than that. You know what I mean? Like there's totally room improvement and the score really isn't what I was anticipating. And I know I can do better than that. And I think that definitely having that mindset definitely motivated me to continue studying. Yeah, not giving up, like persisting. Like that's so important because you did do better. Like you were capable of doing better. So, you know, shouldn't give up if they think that they can potentially do better. So definitely. So in regard to that increase that you got the second time around, so you had that 499 and you had, you know, four weeks left. I'm pretty sure you said, and then you ended up getting a 511. So were there any specific like methods or strategies that you use that you think kind of were really important to that increase? So I wrote my goals down. Obviously I wrote my goals down the first time, but the second time around, I really focused on breaking it down by section, my goal score for each section. And I think that really helped me. I started to write down all the resources that I had in terms of the number of questions and stuff. And I figured out how many questions I could take a day and and still have review through my test date. And I think that was super helpful because not only did I have a certain number of questions to take and to stick by, but I also, that allowed myself time to review. And I think that was the other thing that was really important the second time is review. The first time I did review, but I didn't do so as efficiently as I did the second time I really engaged with it. And if I didn't understand it, instead of, you know, when you get immersed in studying, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But you don't truly understand how it applied to the question. The second time around, I really took that extra moment to make sure that it did make full sense. I understood how it applied and why it was the correct answer. And then I also looked at the wrong answers and figured out why they were wrong. What part of the answer choice made it wrong? Because a lot of times MCAT questions have correct aspects of the answer in the wrong answer choices. So figuring out what part of it made it wrong was very helpful. Yeah, definitely. The reviewing process, like so important in addition to like practicing itself, but also like effectively looking at that practice and seeing what you might be doing wrong. Like that's so important. So moving on a little bit to the specific sections. So it's awesome that you wrote down like what increases you wanted to get per section. Like that's so specific and I bet that really helps. So in regard to psych you ended up getting a 129 there, which is awesome. So 
how did you study for that section and what advice would you have for students that might be struggling there? I started my MCAT studying with Psychsys just because I had, I felt as though that's the section where my background wasn't as strong. I had taken a couple of psych classes and I took intro psych, sorry, social class, but I really, I took that my freshman and sophomore years. So I was like, I really need to uh, cover this material. So I went through the whole book, the whole Kaplan book, and that was super helpful for content review. And then I, of course, started doing a lot of questions questions and understanding the application. The second time around, I felt as though I had a pretty good handle on the psych material. However, I literally printed out the Khan Academy notes as suggested by MCAT Mastery, and I listened to them on a higher speed just because I felt already pretty prepared with it. But I listened to them on a higher speed, and I would take notes within the notes that were provided within the MCAT Mastery course. And I would also, when I did review those questions that I had answered, I would put the question, I would rewrite the question in the specific spot of the notes to where it applied so that when I'm reviewing it, I can see how it is questioned by the MCAT, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really cool. Like integrating content and the actual like application of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So moving on to cars then. So you got a 128 here, which is awesome as well. And a lot of students we find really struggle with this section just because it's very strategy heavy. There's not a lot of content involved. So you really have to like have those strategies down. So how did you study for this section? And again, what advice would you have for students that might be struggling? I'd say 100% invest in the MCAT mastery course. That really was what made a difference for me. I know a lot of people say it, but it truly does help. The strategies were great, but even more so was the application. I know that's a huge theme of my interview, but (laughs) understanding how they try to, you know, manipulate your thoughts in the questions, and the more I got used to how they ask questions after going through all of the dissections, it was like, wow, okay, I can eliminate this because I see where it's wrong. I also can acknowledge that the first part of the answer choice is right, but I see that this word makes it wrong. In the strategy of the CARS course, they talk about word and they talk about, you know, top scorers notice the difference between most and all or few and like the majority. And even though that seems, you know, a little over analytical, it really is true. I had, when I first started out, I had a lot of questions that I would miss. And I'd be like, why in the world did I miss it? And I would go back to and look at the dissection and realize that it was one word in the whole thing that made it false or that made another answer choice, the better answer choice. And as frustrating as it was, being able to do those dissections and see the thought process of a top score was super helpful. And the more I did it, the better I got at it. Yeah, definitely. The strategy piece, like even those tiny little things matter. So yeah, you really have to like think like a top score and figure out what words to pay attention to. So yeah, definitely. Again, the MCAT, it's not trying to trick you, but it is tricky. 
in a lot of cases. So especially on the cars section. So those strategies are definitely helpful. So moving on to the hard sciences, which we saved for last. So looking at the bio biochem section, how did you study there? And what advice would you have for that section? For that section, I felt as though I had a pretty good background. The second time around, I did a lot more practice for every section. And I found that to be a lot more helpful than content review for bio biochem. And I also used a lot of my old notes from lectures in college. If I were to get an answer wrong, I would review my lecture notes compared to what the Kaplan book had to say. And I would culminate that information information to be able to answer similar questions in the future better. And just practicing more and more really was the key to increasing that score. Yeah, practice, 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 of course. <laughs> so lastly, the chem phys section. So this, again, is another section that we find a lot of students are struggling with. It's very challenging. So how did you study there? And was it similar to bio bio maybe? Or I guess you didn't have the same background, but how did you feel about this section in general? So I actually had a pretty pretty good background with physics. I did really well in physics in college, but when you start to take the campus section, you realize it's, or at least for me, I felt as though it was more geared towards chemistry than physics. But I think the biggest thing about the campus section is really dissecting the passages too. So even if you feel as though maybe you don't know what's happening or you don't feel prepared for a certain topic, it's a topic maybe you don't remember through your studying is to really dissect that passage because sometimes the passage gives you answers flat out. And that was a strategy I'd learned from MCAT Mastery. And the second time around, after taking the CARS course, it really does apply to all the passages in the science sections as well. And so I think that was really beneficial. And similar to all the other sections, just doing as much practice as possible is going to be beneficial. Yeah, for sure. It's always shocking to me how, like, how hard it is to understand that the answer is in there somewhere. In the passage, like, you really don't trust. Like, you think it requires all this background knowledge, which it does, but in a lot of cases, like it is there for you. You just have to know how to find it. So I'm glad that you said that and they're kind of speaking to that a little bit. So moving on to your actual MCAT day, let's talk about the second time you took it specifically. So how did you feel going into the exam and how was your day in general? Oh no. All right. So we cut out again, but we're back. So I'm just going to ask again. So in regard to your actual MCAT day and talking about the second time that you took it, how did you feel that day and how was how did that day go in general? I felt pretty confident and prepared for the exam and my exam wasn't actually until 6 p.m. So it's like the anticipation kills you. No, I just sort of took that day to relax. I did do a couple practice questions, but I didn't go crazy with it. I did those in the morning and then I did a little bit of a workout to get some, you know, oxygen flow going. Going. And then obviously I drove to the test site in Virginia and I got there probably like an hour and a half early. On my first exam, I got there early as well and I wanted to make sure I knew where the test was and that I got into the building okay and I ended up getting up there and they're like well do you want to start now and I was like well uh sure and it kind of <laughs> caught me off guard so the second time I like once we pulled into the parking space I you know like got myself together I reviewed a couple notes and really tried to be as nonchalant as possible in terms of like thinking about the exam and so then I went up there after a few minutes of slightly reviewing like I said I wasn't intensively like last minute cramming I was just kind of looking over my notes 
and just talking about, you know, other things diverting my attention from how important this test was to my future. And then I went in and I still started the test early, but I felt pretty good. Then I took the chem phys section and that I didn't feel totally great about that, but I was like, you know what, like I have three sections left. I'm going to get after it and get the score that I've been working for the last four weeks very intensively. And obviously the score I've been working for for an extended period of time. So when I went into the car section, I felt as though I did really well and that helped propel me into the last two sections. It's so, yeah, the chem phys section just like right off the bat is so (laughs) intimidating, but you got to move on. So I'm glad that you were able to just like keep going and it often goes better than we think it does. So you got to be resilient, I guess. So after, you know, walking out and you were done, how did it feel one being done, which is amazing and waiting for your score to come back. It really does feel great being done, like feel relieved. The first time I took tests when I came out, as much as it felt good, I was not on edge, but I was kind of like, I had no idea what to expect in terms of my score. I didn't, like, I was confident, but... I also didn't want to be overconfident. The second time, though, I was very confident with my performance, and I left the test thinking I definitely accomplished my my goal on this exam. And then waiting to get your score back, as much as it is, you know, kind of worrisome and you get, like, anxious to hear what you uh, the results are, there's nothing you can do about it. And there's plenty of, like, ways to still become a physician. It wasn't good. Like the first time I took the exam, obviously you take it with the mindset that it's the only time you're going to take it, or it's, I should say the last time you're going to take it. But the first time I took the exam, I was like, you know what, as I was waiting for it, I was positive, but I was also like, worst case scenario, I can do better. I know I can do better. No matter what I get, I know I can do better. It's just like having that growth mindset. And the second time I took it, I felt really confident about it and waiting for it, waiting for the results. I was like, worst case scenario, I I know physicians who have taken the MCAT three times. Like, I don't want to. I don't think I'll have to. But it's not going to be the end of the world if I don't perform as best as I'd like because I know there's always improvement. So just kind of being, I think, understanding that, you know, there's more positives to come out of the experience than anything else helped me in the time that I was waiting for the results. Yeah, I love that mindset because... Yeah, it can feel like the end-all be-all, like, the time that you take it. But, like you said, like, you can retake it. And, honestly, like, a lot of people do have to retake it. Like, a lot of our tutors here at MCAT Mastery have retaken the exam more than once sometimes. And they ended up, you know, getting the score that they got, which was, like, competitive. So, you know, you can't always do better, definitely. So, when you did get your score back, how was that? Like, how did that... (laughs) It was really rewarding to get my score back because, you know, sometimes when you miss out on on family occasions or weekend trips, you question, is it really worth it? You know, like, and studying so hard, you, there are times where you question it. Obviously, the passion for medicine, the passion to become a physician outweighs it all, especially while you're in it. But there are some times where you sit back and are like, man, I wonder. But when I got that score, I was like, yep, it was definitely worth it. I was home by myself when I opened up my score and I got my parents on 
a combined call and told them and they're very happy. They were very supportive through the whole process. And even when I was like, I don't know about this, um, the MCAT's very challenging. And as much as I'm seeing improvement, I don't know if it's enough. They were like, Samantha, you're smart. Like you need to give yourself more credit. And I think that's something that all of us pre-meds kind of fall into is this big challenge of the MCAT. And sometimes we don't really give ourselves enough credit for everything we've accomplished and how smart we really are when we take a step back. And so I think part of my success really was to them continuing to affirm that I was smart and intelligent and that this was really not as challenging as I was making it out to be if I put the time and work in, which I did. So yeah, it was awesome to see my score and everyone, all my close friends, I say everyone, but like the five closest people to me were very, very excited to hear about my success on the MCAT. Yeah, there's definitely celebrations after that, like all the time (laughs) that you put into it. And like you said, all that hard work like just like combined into one day like one am and you do well then it's like wow so yeah yeah. my brother actually came home he lives about an hour away and he came to have dinner with us at night with my score yeah that's awesome and yeah like you said I'm sure it feels good I think that's about all we have time for but do you have any last I guess final bits of advice for students who might be feeling you know disheartened by the MCAT and are struggling with the exam right now just continue to practice and really keep a positive attitude. I mean, research has shown that when you practice, you're less confident going into the test, but you do a lot better than when you do content review. When you do content review, you're a lot more confident in yourself, but you don't perform as well as you'd like. And I think that was especially proven in my experience. So just continue to practice and learn from the answers that you choose incorrectly and even from the answers that you do choose correctly. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much, Sam me for sitting down with me and like taking the time to walk me through all your prep and everything. Of course, thank you. Awesome. Well, good luck your interviews and hearing back from all those medical schools. And finally, thanks to all of our listeners for listening and happy studying. Good luck. You guys got this. This is Monica again, and before you go, I just want to remind you that if you're not receiving our daily free MCAT strategy and success story emails yet, definitely be sure to sign up for those at mcatmastery.net slash free course. In addition to that, if you feel like you might need personalized help with the exam and would like to have an MCAT mentor kind of look at your situation and help you identify exactly what's holding your score back, you can look into that too at mcatmastery.net slash mcatmentors. And lastly, and most importantly, we just want you guys to know that you have what it takes to succeed on this exam. We know the MCAT is intimidating, and when you get a score that's lower than you expected on a practice or on the real thing, it's so easy to feel discouraged or frustrated or even hopeless about the exam. We get it. A lot of us have been there. So we want to give you the guidance that we wish we'd had when we were in your shoes. And that's what these interviews are for. That's what our emails are for. We want you guys to be able to feel confident again. And most importantly, be able to see that med school admission is possible. And it's not out of your reach at all. So thanks again for listening. And remember that every top scorer, every med student, and every doctor made it through this journey. So you can do it too. You guys got this.